This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Generally. Generally. Let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to uh, Chris is in Brooklyn. Chris, next up on uh, the Dan Grosser Show. Can you hear me? I do have you, Chris. Hi. How you doing? Um, you had a caller earlier, Jose from Brooklyn. Yes. It, it's funny. This is my first time calling and actually getting through. But what he said made a hundred percent sense. Um, I you people we can't we can't blame everything on the coach, but at the same exact time, the same way how the players supposed to make adjustments, the coach has to make adjustments and play a style that fits the style, the players that he has. Like with Tibbs, what Tibbs did, I don't, I don't think he ran the players in the ground, but you have to remember, he had Luol Deng, and he had someone like him that played everything. And I think he's trying to make Julius Randle into a Luol Deng-type player where they play two different types of ways. And, like, you have Buddha from the Bronx that spoke about little things that Randle should do. Yeah. I, I, I somewhat agree, but the thing is, like what he said, Randall, everybody complained about Carmelo holding the ball a lot, but Melo was a complete scorer, whereas Randall isn't. So when Melo held the ball, you knew that it's a 50% chance that he's going to go in and his IQ was a little higher, whereas Randall is trying to do too much and not go with what he has. So even now, like they were just saying about the ISO, that's, I think personally that's the next problem. They have too many ISO players right now, even Jalen Brunson. Because I wasn't a fan of his, but I'm a fan of his now. Because I like what he do and what he did. But even with him at times, he holds the ball a little too much. And they have to get more continuity. And that's where Tibbs has to come in and tell them that they got to get that ball movement, movement, movement. And then even with, with uh, the center, Mitchell is a good center. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He, he's not there to score. He's there to block shots, defend, and rebound and intimidate. Now, again, you know, you, you can't bring in a center that's going to be too stretching out because then that's going to leave the middle open. So, you know, th- there's a lot of little things, but again, we can't blame everything on Tibbs. Now, I'm not one to like Tibbs like that, but I know we can't blame everything on him. I hear you, Chris, and good call. Um, well, I think with Randall, you saw this past year, that he was more willing to to make that pass and because he trusted that Brunson was going to make the the right play. Like that first year, I felt like he he looked at, I think, that he had to do too much because there was not I mean, go back and look at the talent on that roster. It was not a very talented roster. So I'm I'm thinking that he didn't feel like he had the trust of his teammates at that point to to make the right play. So he felt like he was going to make the play himself. And again, for all the criticism that Randall has had during the regular season, he has been a overwhelmingly positive player for the Knicks. I mean, he's been an all-star in two of the three years. <laughs> that, that middle year, that was a bit of a rough one. Uh, I'll grant you that. But again, I take that as a sign of what happened after that first year. Like the roster itself, going out that first year in the offseason, and we all said, Randall can't be the number one option on a really good team. We have to increase the overall talent. It really could have been anything. But you have to increase the overall talent. And the, 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 two, move, the two main moves that they went out and made were to, uh, to, to get Kemba Walker 
and to sign Evan Fournier. So I think that that also kind of played a role in why there was that step back year two. And then Brunson year three, the Knicks take a, a pretty big step forward. Is it Duran in Hempstead? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Yes, it is. Yes, all right, Duran. Duran from, from Hempstead. I just want to say that, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to my two daughters, Alex, Alexandria, and Kenzie, who is waiting patient for me, patiently in the car. But I just want to say, Thibodeau is the problem. Like, if we can't see that Thibodeau is the problem, he is. Where has Thibodeau ever developed any talent? Let's look at Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson went into Golden State, and he developed talent. Thibodeau, he they developed when he left. Mark Jackson, they, they, they went from being a, a playoff team to being an all-world team when Mark Jackson left. Right, but he didn't choose to leave, but he developed that talent. But just let's, let's look at Thibodeau, right? Thibodeau overutilizes talent. talents. I know you mentioned earlier that he's not to blame, but he is to blame for Derek, Re- Derek Rose. He overused Derek Rose, right? How do you? You don't know that that's the reason why he blew out his knee, that he was overused? Well, 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 if we look at those playout games where he overplayed them time after time, let's look at the Butler. Butler That that injury was not an overuse injury. It was a freak thing. No, it was. It wasn't from from over. It wasn't something where he was just being overused over year after year after year, and he just finally broke down. He was a young player. It was a freak but, kind but of yeah, thing. But, but that's why they bounced back. That's why Butler bounced back. That was that's why Rose was able to to bounce back. Let's look at Brunson. I'm actually worried about Brunson. If we don't get Thibodeau out of there, Brunson is going to to be. Hum, let's look at the playoff series. How many minutes did he overuse Brunson? Let's look at Julius Randolph. Isn't he going for surgery? He turned his now? ankle. He turned. I mean, again, that that's not an overuse that, injury. But if there's a he stepped on a guy's to, foot. But we have to protect the players from themselves, and Thibodeau <laughs> is not about that. How can we ever develop a talent like Obi Toppin under Thibodeau? That will never happen. Well, we oh, I, I don't know. Emmanuel quickly's developed pretty well. He's going to get a hundred million dollars. Not that's not because of Thibodeau. Because <laughs> oh, we will come easily, on, Duran, get easy. out of here. You can't have it both ways. You can't. You can't have it quickly. both. When he develops a guy, oh, that wasn't him. That's the player. And then when it when the player doesn't develop, well, that's on the coach. Okay, so so what are we saying that he developed quickly? Yeah, well, well, look, if you're saying that he's the reason for why Obi Toppin didn't develop, then I think you have to give him credit for the ones that did develop, and, and Emmanuel quickly okay, would be one of them. Fine. That's fine, but look how good Toppin played when Julius Randle was hurt. So that means that we have talent there. He's just not going to bring the talent out. Dur- 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 the do you, do you honestly think have- that, that Obi Toppin is this talented of a player and nobody Absolutely. else was willing to give more than two second-round picks for the guy? Absolutely. Look when he started playing. He was hitting three-pointers. He was doing the alley-oop. He was getting everybody excited. I think he could definitely be that talented player. But if we look at it, he's not going to develop those players. And with no big free agent signing in New York, we need a coach that is going to develop talent. Look, again, I know that's the – and thanks for the phone call. Uh, You you can say that he doesn't develop – Derek Rose was there in Chicago – when when Tibbs got there, and and right away it seemed like he now he was the first pick in the draft. Maybe that was part of it. Maybe it's just better talent. But 
between him and Jimmy Butler, and now you'd have to say uh, Emmanuel quickly. Again, I'm not saying that he is like he he's the development master because at the end of the day, he's not really about uh, the long term. He's about winning in the now. He's all about now. So I'm not I, I, I'm not even that big of a fan of Tibbs, but it, I think it's a little unfair to be giving all of the credit when things go well to the players and all the blame goes to the coach when things go sideways. So if you're telling me, well, he wasn't able to develop um, Obi Toppin, well, then you'd have to give him credit for Emmanuel quickly. Would you not? Let's go to Joe in New Jersey. Joe, next up on uh, the Gordon Damer Show. What's up, buddy? Always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Hey, Joe, what's going on? Um not much. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, long-time Chicago Bulls fan. I live in New York, so obviously I follow the Knicks close to all my buddies and Knicks fans. Um, just going back off of what this last guy just said, I mean, Tom Thibodeau, he's developed plenty of players. If you look at Joakim Noah, you know, yes, the guy was a talent, but this guy turned him into a top-five MVP candidate. He had Jimmy Butler, yes, who turned into a great player, but he was patient with him. He made him sit for a while in Chicago and developed him into what he is to give him that mentality. The same thing with these guys like Quickly, uh, not overexposing him and giving him time. All these Knicks fans want Toppin to be on the court all the time and quickly. He's he's smart enough to understand that these guys need time and they're not professionals coming out the gate. Um, you know, even a Randall. Look at Julius Randall. The guy's been on how many teams? All of a sudden he comes to the Knicks. You know, yes, he's had the uh, playoff issues, but this guy's been a regular season. He's been a monster. I mean, you're talking about an all-NBA guy. Thibodeau doesn't get, that doesn't get credit for that at all. No, no apparently it. not. No, Joe, he doesn't get, no, only the blame. The blame, he go, it goes to his way. The credit goes to the player. Yeah, and, and the injury stuff with D. Rose, I mean, again, I'm a Bulls fan. The guy was the most, possibly the most explosive guard in NBA history. The way he played, he was, he was playing like that from grade school. It was obvious, I mean, at some point the guy was going to break down a little bit. I mean, that's not a Thibodeau thing. I mean, yes, he plays the starters heavy minutes, but that's just because he wants to win. I mean, I don't. I don't put that blame on him at all, honestly. I don't. I don't get it. And and given that I'm sticking to your to the call, girl. I mean, the the, the Knicks had the Knicks had such bad coaches for how many years now? <laughs> it's it's Derek, crazy. Derek right. Fisher and Hornacek and these guys. I mean, how, yeah. how how could you hate this guy? Uh, I, Joe, I get it. Thanks for the phone call. Um, you would remember when Hal Steinbrenner was on with um with Kay, and he said, oh, I don't understand why Yankee fans are this upset in in June. I kind of feel like that way with Nick fans. Like, do you guys remember what it was like before? And do you look at this roster? Honestly, you look at this roster and you think there's some other coach that's going to just some random coach who's available, who can just walk in the door and get you to a higher level of success. Eric Spolstra is not available, right? Like that guy's not available. You, you think that Mark Jackson could come in? Because that's the one that they, everybody go, oh, Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson was, was good, but he was absolutely impossible to work with. Just go look at the, the reports of, of when he got let go by, by Golden State. And even if that's just revisionist history spoken from one side, who, who was the ones that fired him, you can't argue that the Golden State Warriors went from one level to a whole nother level when he left. They went from a playoff team that would struggle to, to uh, make the second round to a team that became the team of the decade. I don't know. I feel like that one, you do have to kind of put that into the, to the equation when evaluating Mark Jackson. It's just very odd for Nick fans who have watched bad coach 
after bad coach after bad coach. Now they have somebody. Is he perfect? No. Does he have flaws? Of course. Are there limitations? Sure. But has there been some level of success? Absolutely. And to just kind of throw that out the window, we got to get this guy out of here. That's how you find yourself in the position that you found yourself in before. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls. Gordon in for Dan on the Dan Grossa Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Preseason, get ready. Aaron Rodgers is here. So I wanted to see what the top concerns were for the Giants and the Jets. They have one for each. And man, which one do you think is the bigger concern? So the Giants' concern, according to The Athletic, is will Saquon Barkley and the Giants reach a long-term deal, right? They have until, I think it's July 17th, to work out a, a uh, long-term contract extension. Otherwise, Saquon is, is on the, um, the uh, franchise tag, making $10 million a year. You would figure that they could work something out, but we'll see. So that's not nothing, right? Saquon Barkley is an important player to the Giants. But in the greater scheme of things, a contract negotiation, not so bad as your biggest concern, your top worry. If that's your top worry, that's pretty good. The Jets' top worry, will the offensive line hold up? <laughs> that, feels, that feels like a much more significant worry. What the F? Yeah, well, if you had to line up the worries, will the offensive line hold up? That would seem to be a really big worry. I'm sure it'll be fine. The Jets, 15-2 and two was the algorithm's prediction, just to remind you. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, let's go to Max is in the Bronx. Max, next up on the Dan Grossa Show. What's up, Dan? He's a big fan. I am actually Gordon, but that's okay, Max. <laughs> Sorry, Corey. That's all right. What I want to know is, worse. what I want to know is, um, with these moves they making, and they, and I heard they trying to get OG too. Uh, the thing with OB, I got no problem with him trading him. I got no problem with him, um, this guy not using him because he don't know how to use players very much, like unless it's um RJ. And this guy, this other guy who's not any good. But what are you going to do if he don't make the playoffs this year? You think this guy would be fired or somebody would make him sometime answer for the nonsense that he put on the court? Nonsense you put on the court. Can you give me an example of the nonsense he puts on the court? You're talking about Tibbs. Yeah, Tibbs. The nonsense of how about last year where he. They brought them players in who everybody knew that wasn't any good. And he tried to play these guys who was already hurt, who was already messed up, and they signed them guy. Okay, this you say him that's not his fault. But he still played this guy over young dudes by any means necessary, even though they're not any good until they broke down and disintegrated. Will his job be on the line is it cause I'm total total I never liked this guy. I, I, I can tell. I, I can see that. I never, yes. I, I never. I went because I, I watched NBA for the longest time. I've seen the stuff he did. He did a great job of Boston, but he was an assistant coach. He wasn't a head coach. Everywhere else, he was a head coach. He 
destroyed his big time players. He destroyed was mad his big time at a players. player all the time. He got hit. He had a problem with um, the guy in Minnesota. He had a problem with um, what's his name, and that was was traded to Miami. Jimmy Butler. He had a problem. Yeah, he had a problem with Cat. He couldn't have had that much of a problem if he, if he decided to trade for him when he was in Minnesota. He wasn't in Minnesota all that long. Look, and Max, thanks for the phone call. I, I can see that you uh, you don't like Tibbs. And, again, I'm not going to tell you Tibbs is a great coach. I've, I've, I said to, in this show tonight, he's not a great head coach. He's a good head coach who can establish kind of like a culture and a level of success, and he'll get you to a certain rank. And uh, I will say this. If he can, if he does in Chicago, if you can match up his record in Chicago and the results they got in Chicago with the Knicks results while he's here, he will have a job for a very long time here. Even in his final season in Chicago, they won 50 games. Guys, where are you? The Knicks have gone through. If you think for a second, that the Knicks are going to be firing Tom Thibodeau unless this season turns out to be a disaster after he's made the playoffs in two of the first three years and after taking over a, a franchise and an organization that has been a disaster before he and Leon Rose got it. Again, the year before they got here, they won 21 games. They won 17 games. The year before that, I think we figured it out from the last time that they made the second round of the playoffs. Maybe it was the year, the, the, the last time they made the playoffs. They were averaging like 28 wins. If you think that Leon Rose, who came in here and wants to have a long-term view, wants to be able to establish some level of credibility and stability, and wait for the superstar to become available and bring that superstar here. If you think that he is now going to be firing a coach who's winning, you know, say 45 games a year, making the playoffs consistently, I don't know what to tell you. It's not going to happen. Now, at some point, maybe down the road, you'll, you'll, you'll kind of see that there are diminishing returns. We're not there yet. They just made the second round of the playoffs this year for the first time in a decade. That's not the time where they're going to be moving off the head coach. Now, if you're right and Tibbs has this personality that the, the players just cannot take him anymore and they just have to get rid of this guy, he's just droning on and on and they can't take it, and they go out there and they win 30 games, well, then there's a good possibility that Tibbs is going to get fired. But again, outside of the, the, the run in Minnesota, which is, I don't know that you could necessarily say it's all a Tib problem because Minnesota's been a mess before he got there and after he left. He won like 50 games a year in Chicago, even the final year he was in Chicago. The Knicks are not going to be moving off of that. They're not going to be moving off of that. Let's go out to, uh, let's see here. Tommy is in Connecticut. Tommy Goma, man. Hey, Gordon. Thank you for having me on the Dan Show. Yes. Uh, so, uh, I, my God, Nick fans are just—they're out of their minds. We're three out of their into, minds. It's three days into free agency, and I—I I can't, I can't even. I'm, I'm not even going to go there. 
But I was totally with you when you were talking about the Yankee lineup today. So I was down at the firehouse. We're having a cookout. And I'm on the grill. And my buddy tells me what the lineup is. And I hear, oh, you know, Donaldson's playing. Rizzo's playing. Torres is playing. And I said, oh, well, you know, obviously obviously Rizzo's DH. And they're going to, you know, have DJ play for it. He goes, no, Donaldson's DH. I go, why, why on earth is this guy <laughs> no DHing? I, 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 I couldn't I couldn't believe it and and guys I think he's off, like over four already so uh, just you know the the one thing that they always harp on oh you know he's a plus plus defender he's you know phenomenal right. that's the one to, I don't even think he's that great of a defender I'll be honest with you I have not noticed any difference between him and DJ LeMayhew and I never hear DJ LeMayhew being talked about as this plus plus defender to me they're the, well, they're the well, same kind exactly, of player at this point. He's not exactly slapping the ball around. Either. No, he's I been mean, terrible too, and they have him bat lead off. Yeah, and here I got to now. I got to watch Aaron Hicks making like a acrobatic play in left field, <laughs> of leaving a leaving a cleat mark in the outfield wall. Yeah. Oh my God! Just uh, thanks for taking the call. Yeah, Jordan. no, absolutely, Tommy. Thanks for making it. Yeah, no, it's very it's frustrating. Yankees are doing they're holding their own, I guess, as uh, with where they are in terms of the standings, but the offense, man. This is as rough an offense as Yankee fans have witnessed in a very long time. I mean, you might have to go back to the early 90s Yankees to find an offense this bad. Uh, it's it's amazing to me, and I'm not a big fan of Aaron Boone, but the fact that he has the team eight games over 500, it's kind of a miracle. I mean, they have very few hitters in this lineup, even guys that you do expect to hit. Rizzo has had a, as cold a spell here as you can have, and Stanton has been as bad as he has been, and, and, and Bader's been in and out of the lineup. The only thing you could say for tonight is there's not like they have that many great options, but, yeah, you have to have a better option than D.J. LeMahieu hitting leadoff when his, his season has been trending downward to the level that it's been. Uh, it's been kind of like off a cliff. Let's go out to uh, Dave is in the Bronx. No, Brooklyn. Sorry, Dave, go. Hey, what's going on, Gordon? Dave, yeah. what's going on, pal? Brooklyn. How you doing, man? I'm good. What's going I, I, on? I just want to say, honestly, um, going, um, going back on the Toppin situation, um, you know, I got insight that Toppin, uh, basically, it was his last year, come next year. And yeah, he's going to have to get paid. Yep, they're not going to pay. So it's like, what, what, what really can you get for him? Or, or he, you get nothing basically. So I understand that part, but the fact of the matter is that Randall was still there and he shouldn't be. They could do something with, with that player, pair him up with somebody, you know, <laughs> they I mean, but they don't, they, they, they're not right. going to move Randall. They're not going to do all of that for a, a little bit of, of, of um, increased in production. They, Randall is, is actually pretty good. Now, is he good in the playoffs? No. But during the regular season, he is a consistent player. And they're not going to take called... him and, and package whatever they'd have to package to get rid of him to get a player who's basically the same thing as him. Not, not necessarily. It depends upon what kind of player that you're getting. Who? Who's the for player example, you're getting? For example, on the New Orleans Pelicans. Know who I'm talking about. Zion Williams. Oh, my God. No, I mean, what, what are we talking about? The guy never plays. 
But still, he doesn't want to play there. That's why. But he doesn't, pl- he doesn't play anywhere. He doesn't he play, play anywhere. Well, he plays at some places, as we've seen online. But uh, th- that's not, that's not going to help the Knicks win games. No, Dave, thanks for the phone call. Zion plays in the, la- in the four years that he's been in the NBA. He has played fewer games than Ben Simmons. He is not a reliable player. So I know guys bring up names all the time. You can bring up Carl Anthony Towns. That's been one. Oh, well, package Randall for Carl Anthony Towns. They're basically the same player, and Carl Anthony Towns is making like twice as much. Randall is here. You are going to have to learn to live with it. Now, will he get traded at some point? Maybe, if there's a deal that makes sense. But here's the thing. All you guys who want to get rid of Randall... And you see the flaws of Randall? Everyone else, all the other teams see that too. They see that too. They have the the league pass. They don't just get the free preview for like the first two weeks of the season. They have the they have the whole thing for the whole year. They pay the whole package. Mrs. Buddha is in the Bronx. They have put on the call screen here Buddha's wife. I would assume it's Buddha's wife if it says Mrs. Buddha, but Mrs. Buddha in the Bronx. Go ahead. <laughs> Hi, Gordon. So, I have two points really quick. Okay. Your caller, the like the third caller back. Yeah. Call Chantel a call girl. They are call. Well, call I think he women. just got a little. Yeah, I think he got a little mixed yeah, up yeah. there. I didn't want to he draw attention. He needs to be educated. Don't call yes, a woman course. a call girl. Of course. Thank you. And call screener. Yes, of course. Yes. And then the other one is, of course, Obi Toppin. I'm so sorry. I am so tired of everyone talking about how, well, you can't really get much for him because, you know, he's that, not that explosive player, blah, blah, blah. He was explosive when he came in. If oh, you no, don't get explosive. played, you don't get seen. And people will make it like, oh, yeah, he's a player, but he's not that player. Mark my words, he's going to go to the Pacers, and he's going to be a star player there. You now, watch. do you think he will be, will he be an all-star this season? Is she still there? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm still there. I was okay, I wasn't it. sure. Yes. Sometimes they have a quick hook. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I truly do. Okay. I All think right, we will, as we long will. as he gets playing time. Okay. Well, and I'll be glad to call back All when right. it happens. All right, Mrs. Buddha. Thank you for the phone call. Um, she she kind of put a little qualifier on there at the end. If he gets playing time. Well, if he doesn't get playing time, that might be on the player. You're not getting the playing time. Sometimes that's because you're not doing enough when you're out there. You can't just, oh, well, I, I'm, I'm, he's so good, but he's just not getting the playing time. Well, is he that good? I don't know. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls. We take you up until 10. Gordon, in for Dan, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. What's up, Dan? He's a big fan. I am actually Gordon, but that's okay, Max. This is the Dan Grasso Show. On 98.7 ESPN. Get rid of this coach. He's killing us. Killing you. I don't know. He seems like he... And again, I'm not telling you he's a great coach. In fact, I said he's not a great coach. A great coach is able to take whatever talent he's got and come up with a game plan from there. Tibbs, absolutely has his flaws. He has a way that he's going to go about things. And if it's if you're not following his way, it's out the door. And the, the pick of Obi Toppin absolutely was a mistake on the Knicks' part. 
But this idea that the Knicks are now, after having this successful season, and it was a successful season by all accounts, all metrics and measures, it was a successful season. Let's get this coach out of here. Moving on. Moving on from Tibbs. Got to get him out of here. He's killing us. Killing you? I don't You know, there's plenty of people that were killing us. He was not one of them. Uh, Jeff Hornacek, he was killing us. Uh, who was the guy for, for um, David Fisdale? He was killing us. That was killing. That was killing us. It was killing me. It's killing me to stay awake watching the games. He got past Thanksgiving and he's like, oh my God, we got how many more of these? Now, Tibbs is, uh, he has his flaws. I'm not telling you he's perfect, but come on. Let's go back to the phones. 1 800 919 ESPN. Let's go to uh, George is on the Lower East Side. George. Gordon, what's going on, brother? So I got a couple of things, man. We still got some money to use. I'm thinking Markeith Morris. I'm thinking Danny Green. Um, but more importantly, I want to get your take on tampering. Um, with this whole thing with Clutch and CAA and the, the war that's going in, when you're telling players, I do not want you playing for a certain team, and we're just getting players from a certain agency, isn't that – would you consider that tampering? Uh, I don't know if that's a technical – I think it's just that certain agencies don't want their players going to the Knicks, and the Knicks are looking at – certain player you know that that those players have a certain leg up i don't think that that's again i'm not a lawyer but i don't think that that's tampering tampering is when you have somebody who's under contract with a team and you're trying to to get them to come to your team so i guess in that sense it it is tampering but i think that's the type of stuff that happens all the time in the nba and i also i mean real quick i just want to say it seems like with with og and with certain things that are happening Pretty soon, certain players are going to jump off of agencies based off of the fact of when they're determined where they want to go. As Zach Levine seems like he wants to come to the Knicks, and here it is, he's being kept by his agency from coming to a team he wants to be on. Yeah, I mean, well, he did come out, and George, thanks for the phone call. He did come out and say that he has no intention of going to the Knicks. So I don't, I mean, he could always change agencies. If he changed agencies, it, it, I think that when the Knicks made that pick of Obi Toppin, it was clear even back then. That they were going, even though all this Nick fans thought, oh, Halliburton, 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 it was clear that they were taking Obi Toppin because he was a CAA client. That that is, that that one's it's not you're not exactly a John Nash drawing the lines with yarn trying to figure out the conspiracy theory. That was clear at the time that that's the way that was going to go down. That was not a shock. Uh, let's go out to uh, Robbie is in Massachusetts. Robbie, go, my man. Hey, Gordon, nice shot there by uh, Mr. Bader. It's about time. You know, I, I got to tell you something. You know, you mentioned about Boone batting DJ LeMayo up. You know, LeMayo's in 111 of his last since uh, in what is the score? He's four for 37 since May 5th. I mean, why can't we cut the dead weight off this game? I mean, Donaldson is a disaster. LeMay was a disaster. Stanton had a good hit. So Stanton will come around. You know Stanton's going to come around. But LeMay, what is wrong with LeMay? What has happened to him? I mean, I don't get it. Uh, yeah, I, I, Robbie, I don't know. Uh, thanks for the phone call. Um, he, if he's not hurt, and he's been hurt a lot, there's something really wrong. Uh, maybe he's just never going to be the same player that he was. Uh, but they're not going to – like, to cut all the dead weight, they'd be cutting, like, five guys. They're not going to cut DJ Le- – LeMayhew still has, like, three years left on his contract. They already are eating, what, two or three years from, from Aaron Hicks? They're not going to all of a sudden part ways with, with Josh Donaldson. I think he's owed like $5 million next year as well as like a player or a team buyout or something like that. 
Because if you start buying out all these contracts, start get, getting rid of these, as you say, cut the dead weight, at some point somebody's going to say, wait a second, why do we have so much dead weight? Oh, that's right. It's because Brian Cashman brought these guys here and, and paid. And, and I'm not telling you that I disagreed with all the deals at the time, the LeMahieu one. I think every Yankee fan wanted him back. That contract has turned out to be a, a disaster. But um, if they start cutting all the dead weight, they're not going to have a, a full team. And these are the best op- these are the best options they have. It's rough. It's absolutely rough. I, I just I'm not saying to cut DJ LeMahieu. I don't know why you have to to bat him lead off, but luckily D uh, that uh, Harrison Bader did hit a three run home run on a hanging pitch. And uh, Yankees right now lead the Orioles six, three finding a way. I'm not exactly sure how, but they are finding a way. Subi is in midtown. Subi next up on the Dan Grasso show. Hey, Gordon, I was looking at the power power rankings for NBA next season. Yeah. And some of the averages say the Knicks are number 10, which falls about four or five seed for the Eastern conference. And the funny thing is, you know, there's three tiers in the NBA. It's really bad, average, or really good. And I think there's two, only two teams that are really good. And that's like the, maybe the Suns and Nuggets. Um, so at the end of the day, they're not going to sacrifice trading their talent, which is R.J. Barrett or Julius Randle, to take a risk on a Tyler Hero or even Damian Lillard. I think it's just too risky. They've had, like, this development already. And the last thing I want to say is um, regarding Thibodeau, the only other hot coach on, in the NBA right now is Atkinson, and um, the other coaches in the NBA are, are still not proven uh, other than Malone. So that's all I got to say. That's- all right, Subi. Yeah, thanks for the phone call. Um, and, and remember, when the Knicks were looking for their head coach before they hired Tom Thibodeau, they had a, a choice between Tibbs and they had Kenny Atkinson. So they interviewed both of them, and uh, you could not be any more stark in, in terms of what you would expect from each guy. Tibbs, you knew right away you, it was going to be about win now, produce now. You might be building towards the future, but you have to have some level of success right away. That's Tibbs's M.O., and it's turned out to be the case against all odds. I mean, that first season, nobody in their right mind would have thought the Knicks would have won 41 games with that group. I still don't know how he did it. It was, it was miraculous. No one would have thought, hey, people will be chanting MVP for Julius Randle after that first season, but they were, and Tibbs, you have to give him the credit for that. So uh, in terms of Kenny Atkinson, no, that, that ship has sailed, clearly. If they were going to go that road, they would have done that when they hired Tibbs. And, and, and if you hire Atkinson, you know, it, it's going to be about the development. It's going to be about the long term as opposed to the, the immediate gratification of a Tibbs. But the Knicks made their decision at the time. We can't have, and I can't say that they're wrong, we can't have any more 20-win seasons. we got to start actually producing some results. And after that offseason where the Knicks struck out on KD and Kyrie, everybody was in agreement. If you're ever going to get somebody to come here, a superstar player to come here, they can't be the only person. You have to build something in the meantime, and I think that that's what the Knicks are trying to do. And so far, the results have been pretty good. Have they been perfect? No. But they've been a whole lot better than the alternative, and the alternative being what they had before they got here. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more of your phone calls as we take you up until 10. Gordon, in for Dan, 98.7 FM.